0: everybody, and welcome to the third season of
1: iWoofs, with your hosts, Ian Dunbar,
2: Kelly Dunbar,
1: and me, Jamie Dunbar. What do we have for episode two, Kelly?
2: This week we're going to talk about resource guarding. I actually can't believe that we haven't done this before. It's really a big issue for a lot of people. Um, this is human resource guarding. Well, no, it, it sounds no wrong. it's not human <laughs> no, resource guarding. No, it's, guard. it's <laughs> human Human <it's> resources. <laughs>
1: It's, it's HR department. <laughs> guarding. Humans guarding things or dogs guarding humans?
2: Dogs guarding things from humans.
1: Oh, aha.
2: <laughs> when dogs resource guard from away from their humans, or actually resource guard the humans, we can talk about that. That's uh, a
1: record. Only like uh, 20 seconds into it, we've totally confused everybody. So dogs guarding things from people. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, I think, a whole episode, right? We could mix That's it with something else. But big think, problem. And I think we'll start off with a question with this one just to get get our juices flowing.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we've got a pretty typical question here. My puppy growls at me when I walk too close to her when she's chewing on something. She's even snapped at me when I've tried to take things away from her. I know I need to be the boss. How do I get her to stop growling and respect me? A
2: mm, couple things here. We're talking, this brings up more, more things we have to talk about. This is a puppy. So there's, you know, there's easy things we can do with a puppy. But we want to make sure we also address adult dog resource guarding. You know, I I think with puppies, people don't realize, this goes back to, I guess, kind of last week's um, episode, growling is a natural behavior. Resource guarding is a natural behavior. If they didn't guard valuable Objects as as dogs from other dogs at least anyway mm-hmm. they would be you know they wouldn't be they wouldn't exist they, they wouldn't, wouldn't be alive have those they wouldn't anymore. be alive I mean right Res- you know anything that's valuable needs to be coveted to a certain degree and so it's normal for a puppy to try resource guarding just like it's normal for a puppy to try mouthing or biting right. Um, it's it's what we do with it later that makes the big difference. I'm, I'm
1: hung up on this boss thing. Before we get into the resource guarding, that it's like I know I'm meant to be the boss. I mean, that is so irrelevant. Well, what, well that's
2: another point. No, have we already had but, that episode. Makes go oh, back. Being, the,
1: being the boss episode, <laughs> but it <obviously laughs> does pertain. Yes, yes. To. no, it's true. But the point is, in the words have a human analogy. You know, when you have a boss, the workers are trying to guard everything from them. You know, they're secretly using email. And being the boss doesn't mean to say that your your minions are going to do everything that you want, and certainly that they're not going to want to do everything that you want. So I think this boss thing is neither here nor there. What she needs to teach the dog is, the dog is telling me he's feeling a little sort of worried that a person's coming close to him when he's chewing. And why? Has this person been like up late at night with others in coffee bars plotting to steal from the dog? You know, it's going to be a big canine coup or something. Of course not. We don't want the dog's pig's ear. We don't want his kibble. So why should the dog think this? And I, I think it's lack of security. And, and this is the central issue that we have to go to. And we've got to say, look, dog, I, I don't want to steal your food. Don't don't get upset about that. Why are you worrying about it? It's a non-issue. And and that's what we need to teach the dog. I'm totally happy that the dog growled, as you said, and totally happy that it snapped because here's the dog responding in a socially acceptable way that, hey, don't do that. I don't like this. You're coming too close. Well, snap. But no damage is done. So, so, So the owner has plenty of warning that we have a potential problem Because if the problem were different and you walk up to the dog's food bowl and (coughs) you're in hospital because the dog's bitten you five or six times, that's huge. And that is the direction that this will very slowly go in, you know, year after year. So I think we've got to do lots of confidence building exercises. Well, And
2: also we have to remember people do sometimes go through these exercises where they are trying to be the boss. I mean, we just talked about this with somebody where they were constantly taking something away ...from the dog to prove that they could. They get a new dog, and, well, oh, I gave it a bone, now I must go take it away. And, you know, I mean, people do train this in as well. That, that's
1: like, you know, say, giving your wife an iPhone, and then every 30 seconds you take it away from her. I mean, it, it's not going to be appreciated. I mean, you know. So, no, no, you absolutely right. I, th- I think they really do go uh, overboard there. But it's the... This whole notion of being the boss around the food bowl and flattening the dog around the food bowl that is the problem. In situations like this, the treatment is the cause. And and this for me was a light bulb case with a springer spaniel. It's so contributory. Contributory. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, but many puppies will
2: try in the beginning. It oh, mean they they're It doesn't mean they're going to be of monsters. Of course they will. Take, no, nearly every be, female
1: don't. puppy will try to protect anything because that is, you know, the, their law. And and many male dogs will try it on, and then they see what happens. What is the consequence? And the consequence should be something simple, like, uh, excuse me, I, I, I don't think you want to growl over me. Now sit. There's a good dog. Yeah, you can have it back. Or let me hold it for a while when you're chewing. And then the dog learns, well, don't try this silly growly wowly stuff. But you always get it back. The owner does not want to to, to steal it. But I think, for me, the, the light bulb moment, because, I mean, when I started in dog training.
2: Hmm. Well, you can't say always give it back.
1: I just said it. Well, most times you get it back. Yeah, because,
2: you know, often, I mean, you do have to be prepared for the I mean, dogs grab the chicken bones off the street, the corn cobs off the street. You know, you can't, you're not always going to give Oh,
1: yeah, we can give something back. If if an item is inappropriate, we would take it away and say, there's a good dog. We could give back praise. We don't have to give back a food treat. But the dog has to be trained first for the notion of giving up objects and wanting to give up objects. And so we start training with an object that we can take away and give back i just want you to be clear for everybody that's Everyone okay yeah well back. you know and say it and don't make funny facial expressions it stopped me dead i thought something terrible had happened so anyway um but back to the light bulb moment um that uh, had a client with a springer spaniel food bowl stuff and and the point of this is when i started in dog training it, it everything was punishment everything was a leash correction and and people hadn't really thought about the dog's point of view or that the, the dog had feelings and so the deal was if the dog growled around the food bowl you squish him you punish him and so we had a springer spaniel he was growling around the food bowl and i was saying well tell him it's not on well i wasn't very clear maybe and she went a little overboard rather than saying hey quit that you know, whatever. She rang back in tears, and she could barely talk on the phone. Eventually, she got it out. She said, we're making the dog You already worse. said this
2: a different, in a different episode.
1: That's why I'm shortening it really yeah. quickly, because it's huge. Yeah, so it's, how many times have I said it in different episodes? Please refer to episode... Three times. Yeah. Oh, but well, this is it. episode two. And this is yeah. perhaps
2: why I kept steering you away from the Springer story. i oh, <laughs> kept it's, going
1: back to... Well, the way we normally do that is that we say you said it. But the point of that is... <laughs> it. Valuable valuable the food bowl story. was becoming the contingent cue for punishment. Yes. The, the dog saw the food bowl and immediately got scared knowing the owner was going to get grumpy with him. And, and it's like totally the wrong way around. Instead of saying, here's the food bowl, here is a piece of kibble from our hand. So then the dog learns nice classical conditioning and we go through the process slowly. And do we want to say that how to resolve the problem? Or have I done that before? Okay, I don't
2: know. Go ahead. You can't go that far and then not complete it.
1: Okay, so <laughs> yeah. on edge yeah. First, we want to teach the dog yeah, that um, it's fun to be around the food bowl, and you obviously start with an empty food bowl. You would not fill up a food bowl, give it to the dog, and try and take it away. You're going to have a problem. The dog will growl, and then often the owner gets upset, and the dog gets punished. So instead, we have an empty food bowl. We can do the delinquent. Wait a routine on Dog star. They can go to that and, and and read all about it. and basically, you mix up the dog's food, you come, have him sit, you put down an empty food bowl. at that point, most dogs reevaluate. They look at the empty bowl and they look at you like, "Oh, this is different," and they sniff the bowl, and then you say, "Oh, did you enjoy that?" And you take the bowl away as you take away the empty bowl because the dogs saying, "Hey, feed me stupid." So you take away the empty bowl, you give the dog a piece of kibble from your hand. Then you go back, you repeat that. Then we move to stage two. Now we put one piece of kibble in the bowl and we put it down. We say, here's your first course. And the dog goes, and And he's like this. A pate. Yeah, but the point is at the moment now the dog is saying, hey, get back over here and fill up my bowl again. Now the dog wants you to approach the bowl and wants you to pick it up. So now we're putting two bits of kibble, three bits of kibble and so on. Then we would sit down with the dog when he's eating, and we put in a few bits of kibble as he's eating. We slip in a bit of chicken.
2: And obviously, this works to prevent, prevention as well as a solution to it.
1: Oh, this is the solution. Problem. This is prevention. Yeah. This is what we should have done with the puppy. That it's also easy to put the puppy somewhere, um, you know, out of reach while he's eating. So of course he learns. I, I want to eat alone. I, I, you know, I don't want to be disturbed. And and it's so easy with a puppy I mean yet, yet again one of the problems which really illustrates the difference between prevention in puppyhood and resolving a problem with a dog that's now nailing you round the football but essentially no the, the treatment is the same as prevention and, and we have to get the dog to the point that he learns that human hands come to give they don't come to take That if a human hand goes for an object it will make it better And if it is an object, like you say, like cat poop or a toadstool that we don't want the dog to eat because it's either horrible or or poisonous or dangerous, then we'd say, good dog, there's a good dog. Let's get a stuffed chew toy. Always something better happens from from taking away something that's, that's forbidden.
2: And, you know, if you're out on a walk and you aren't able to do that, at least you've already got so much kind of money in the bank, right? I mean, every now and then that happened with Hugo and I when he had a mushroom after... The day he got home from uh, the hospital for mushroom poisoning, I took him for a walk where he picked up a mushroom. Uh, Smart (laughs) smart dog. (laughs) And, and, you know, I dove on him like, you know, a mad woman and, you know, grabbed him and scraped out his mouth. And it wasn't exactly a teaching moment. Or maybe it was, but not exactly what I'd planned or wanted to do. But we had so much... Already so much um, money in the bank of object exchanges and positive experiences that it wasn't such a yeah.
1: I I think um, so. My brain is actually thinking as I'm sitting here wow. and think wow, yeah, it's amazing mm-hmm. um, that so much of the stuff we, we present in our like before and after you get your puppy and our puppy training we don't get the point over, and, and what we have to do is prevent in, present information. So <laughs> In is it what? There's
2: a promo for us. What's that? We so don't much. get the point across, oh, but we do in our books. Don't oh,
1: get the no, no, I, I, yeah, it's <laughs> we need to make it better. I mean, we, you know, sorry, I did the best job I could when I wrote it, but it, it ain't working well enough, and we need to show people. Right, here's a puppy eating out of his bowl. He's eight weeks old. You're at a fork in the road. Let's move ahead six months. You'll either have this or this and we've got to show them from from this point why we're doing this little exercise with a defenceless, cuddly little 8 week old puppy is because 6 months hence you could either have a dog that you come up to him, he welcomes you and says would you like to share my kibble or another dog that goes so now we have to lock him in a closet every, every time we feed him so I think we need more of this type of education that you're now at the fork in the road what do you want and, and it's every aspect. Do you want a dog that tolerates you around his bones? Do you want the fact that you walk by a dog and you don't know he's chewing on a bone and he nails you in the leg? Or you trip over him because the lights are out and you didn't notice he was chewing on his pig's ear? Or do you want a dog that's totally confident? And and I think it is... Um, it, it's a huge problem because, yes, on the one hand, this is the easiest problem to manage. And you can say... Well, if the dog protects his food bowl, then feed him somewhere where there's no people. And then when he's finished, take it away. So it is a very manageable problem, but the danger is this is a problem that can really go off unexpectedly. You didn't know the dog had stolen the Kleenex tissue, or you didn't know the dog had a leftover pig's ear. And then a little boy walks too close, and (coughs) boom, we get nailed. It's
2: one of the more frequent ways people get bitten, uh, I think, right? And it's certainly such a resolvable problem. So and or um, preventable problem is yes, a shame
1: it, and it is and and it's and when you see it's a problem that will very quickly escalate into now punishment becoming the cause the dog does it and it is this inherent view that I know I have to be boss which is a euphemism for saying I I know I should show put the dog in his place and I should punish him that it now is a second reason for the dog to do this the first because it's a natural thing to do as you said and the second is now if ever I have an item like Kleenex, pig's ear chew toy bone, food bowl my owner often gets very angry and physical with me. Well
2: well, the point is I mean why I mean as you say the dog now has another reason to get upset instead of being happy that you're coming over there I mean it just doesn't have to be that way so you can either set yourself up for a battle and more stress or you can make your dog happy to all give things up.
0: Right. I think the mentality that you have when you you ask, how can I show the dog that I'm the boss? Is this mentality of, you know, the dog is acting like a jerk, not the dog is upset or worried or anxious, yeah, which is usually the problem is the dog is lacking in self-confidence. It's not trying to be mean, it's not we trying to Just dominate. had this
2: um, conversation on Twitter of all places on Dogstar with Dogstar Daily and a couple of other lovely brilliant Twitterers. Um and basically, the, the... Tweeters. Tweeters, sorry. Tweeters, Twitterers, tweeters. tweeters,
1: tweeters. <laughs> <laughs> Even tweeters. I knew that.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I'm off today. Anyway, a couple of tweeters, um, particularly Work That Dog and Fun for Fido were discussing um, aggression and how there was no need to um, categorize aggression to all these, you know, into territorial aggression and, um, you know, uh, guarding aggression and all these other stuff.
1: Idiosyncratic aggression.
2: Basically, it comes down to your dog's upset or, or afraid. Right, is what you're saying, Jamie, and and if you are going to go and and battle with them every time they're already upset, you're certainly going to make them more upset, right? right. So anyway, it, yes, it's 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 a different mentality. But frankly, this woman, if it is a woman, I assume most people who write in are um, this person who is saying that she wants the dog to be, she wants the dog to know she's the boss, probably doesn't necessarily have those those feelings so much as she read it somewhere that she has to be or saw on tv that she has to be right you know but we can
1: probably help her there you know if you ask the question what does a boss do a boss generally gives commands or directions instructions and so i would say, well, well test then whether your dog complies step back ask your dog to come sit and down does he do it Yes, well, he's being compliant, and you're in control, so you're the boss, and the dog's listening to you. So why create an argument where there, where there isn't one
2: Well, it's about the type it's I guess it's just instead of being the boss you you're just being a leader i mean it's the difference maybe between Genghis Khan and Gandhi, you know like they're both powerful leaders, and how they were how they affected people or, or got followers was was very different right yeah, brilliant no it's
1: a brilliant analogy i I, I really like that.
2: Or someone like um, Martin Luther King or Gandhi. I mean, they motivated and so I still many use people. It
1: many times. Yes, I'm sure. So. You heard it here first. Out of my mouth, people. <laughs> the Gandhi approach to dog training. Yeah. No,
2: but you know, really, it's, you know, who, who, what kind of leader do you want to be? Um, someone who rules out of fear and oppression or someone that is motivating the masses. And, and look, at, look at all the things people like Gandhi and Martin Luther King um, got people to do by being respectful and leading by example.
1: Yeah I mean even the words like boss and leader you know really do seem inappropriate for the relationship most of us have with dogs that they are our companions and well,
2: we are we do have to lead and guide them though we in have our to teach, human world. I think we
1: have to teach them how to how live in our world but they are companions I am not saying it's like a boss employee oh, relationship no, no, absolutely. I see. And, and the whole thing about the companionship is surely you want the dog to like you And so why are we making all these arguments and causing fights? I mean, it seems that most dog-owner relationships are like an old married couple that just aren't getting on anymore. And neither can say anything without the other person taking it the wrong way and then coming back in trumps. And we escalate into this argument and the relationship's going down the toilet.
2: Oh, how about that thing in the onion? The dog that was shamed at the park. (laughs) (laughs) Did I send that to you? Oh my goodness, we have to send it to you, Jamie.
0: So what was it? Well...
2: It's it's the story. It's a it's a news article. You know the Onion, right? right? So fake news. Fake news articles, and about this dog that was um was was it ashamed or embarrassed. What, what was? Shamed
1: it? in the park.
2: Yes, by his owner uh-huh. who called him, who who told him to. Um, leave the ducks alone and embarrass him in front of his friends. Raised you know, many, his voice. In front of many dogs that he knew. Uh, and uh, called him a you know.
1: bad dog. Oh, no. And then no. snapped th-
2: his fingers and asked him to come sit by his side. What a
1: traumatic experience for oh, a poor dog. The the dog, you know, required, you know, severe psychological help after that. Right. No, but I, I but think... Actually,
2: they, the article proves a point, right? Oh, oh absolutely.
1: Absolutely. The um, dog's freak out. Boy, the I don't feel no shame. I don't go, you know, you know can't, not quite as creative as the... Um, your, no, the Gandhi oh. analogy. I, I always tell or people, well, think of a human analogy and, and rather than the dog, think of a child. And your child's eating and or playing with a toy and, and you come up. I mean, you don't want to get into a fight over this. You know, if you decide, no, enough of the toy time, time for homework, we take it away. But we're not going to splat them or do an alpha rollover. I mean, surely... As a human and as an adult, we do have superior intellect to the the person or the animal that we're teaching, and, and, and maybe we should, you know, put our brains in in gear more often. But I think back to. Um, well, sec, That I, I have to share a story from
0: my childhood now, given <laughs> the, the Genghis Khan analogy and the resource hey, 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 guarding hey. with children. It actually <laughs> doesn't involve you, Dad. No. You're not oh, that's good. He's yeah. not
2: Genghis Khan in yeah. this
0: story. <laughs> my my grandfather, my mom's uh, well, father, <laughs> actually yeah. who's kind of a retired Genghis warlord. Genghis so so very I remember, much in the I remember Genghis this. Genghis Khan vein genre, yeah. He was the son um,
1: of a warlord.
0: Yeah. Well, yes, I, we had yes. we had a holidays at my uncle's, and I received an etch a sketch, which at the time was kind of the peak of childhood toy technology. Um, you know, it had just come out and I received it and I unwrapped it. And my grandfather really wanted to take a look at it, so he came over and he just tried to grab it from me. And I, being a young child who was not accustomed to things grabbed from me, I ran away with it. And you I were puppy to trained, trained. <laughs> you yeah. ran away. With it. I ran away into the bathroom and locked myself in, which
2: is low level resource guarding, yeah. he didn't snap or bite.
0: Yeah. And. Um, My grandfather Did you go under
1: the bed? My grandfather grandfather
0: was of the training concept that he had to show me that he was boss And that he had to be able to take something from me at any time And so he started screaming and banging on the door And I believe I yelled, this isn't your house, this is my uncle's house So you're not the boss of me, and it it didn't work out well (laughs) Suffice to say, it was not a teachable moment (laughs) But,
2: um, well, that's, but, really, but him banging on the door and screaming at you didn't very well make you want to come out or give him the Right. Outside. So I just wanted to point
0: out we'll share the action sketch. Just yes. communicating um, or just telling people to imagine that it's a child. There are plenty of people out there who believe still, in still <laughs> this who this believe thing. in a different theory of parenting.
1: And, yeah, and that's the, the great sadness. And, and, and that's what I think is so important about what we do with puppies and dogs. I think it, it really is. doesn't work for
0: dogs. doesn't work for children
1: yeah <laughs> no i was thinking that uh, yeah if you if you can't house train a puppy how are you going to you know potty train your child if you can't get your dog to come in the park how are you going to get your child to um, come home on time from a party and alpha rollovers are not the best way yeah. of doing either and if you can't get your dog to share his pig's ear how are you going to get your child to share anything like what are they doing you know talking and stuff That's like a good that point. so uh, But essentially, I think this is, it's a problem that we we must prevent. And and the reason I like having topics like this is, it's not a good scenario when you have an adult dog who's now defending things. And especially if you missed out on puppy class and he doesn't have bite inhibition. So every time you grab something, you go to hospital. That This is why we sit with puppies and just sit next to them when they eat. Occasionally touch them. Don't bug them to death taking their food bowl away every three seconds but occasionally put your hand in the food and select a few pieces of kibble for him to eat. Occasionally put in a couple of bits of chicken chicken skin or cheese or beef and the dog thinks wow this is incredible this never happens when I eat alone. I love it when they come and eat me it's amazing. Me. <laughs> no when they come and eat with they- it <laughs> Kelly stop it. That's what you no, <laughs> Well it was a slip of the gym you know. Slip of the gym. <laughs> That's You've not heard that expression? Slip of the Ian. <laughs> Look, we're degenerating. Let's keep on talking. So,
2: okay, no, um, but the the point um, when Jamie's talking about running away and running into the bathroom, um, it made me think of uh, low-level resource guarding in puppies. It, you know, often the snap or the growl is not the first sign that this is going to happen, and people should recognize um, early signs of discomfort in their puppies or adult dogs, which could be anything from just a, a slight freeze and a little funny eye, I flicker to yes, moving away. There's a video, um, that was recently posted and then removed from dog star daily because we realized it wasn't really great content to show, um, got posted while I was out of town and it was of a baby. Um, I don't know how old baby that can crawl. I can't remember if the baby was walking. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe eight, 10 month old baby, something like that. 10 month old baby that was on a blanket and a pug had a toy, a plush toy and the pug didn't want to share with the baby. And it was kind of, it was kind of um, a low-level chase game, almost like Dune would do. Like the pug's kind of coming close to the baby and the baby reaches for the toy and the pug whips its head away or walks mm-hmm. away in another direction. So part of it was engaging in play, but it was definitely kind of a power play kind of thing. And, and certainly not something I would recommend, even though this pug was probably never going to really hurt the baby in this case. But... Um, Turning away, walking away, getting up and moving as the baby crawls closer or when you come closer. that These are all low-level signs that the dog is not comfortable. I mean, this happened with you and Hugo. I think it still does because you don't practice very often. If Hugo has a Ooh, marrow bone... The
1: truth has got out. If
2: Hugo has a marrow bone, uh, you, have, you have trouble taking it away from him. He walks away. He runs away from you. No, he you? walks
1: away. Qu- quickly, yeah. though. He moves his little yeah. head. And Trots. He-
2: Away from you, you have to. But he's okay
1: when I actually get my hands on him, he's totally and, you know, cool he, with it.
2: And you know, we, he's you just haven't worked with him much, and he's young, and uh, it's okay.
1: No, none, none of us practice, you know, I mean, the, the amount that we should.
2: No, 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 it's not, I'm not blaming you. I'm saying it's something, it's a low level thing where the dog's uncomfortable, and we need to do object exchanges, is what I'm saying when we go home. for
1: dinner <laughs> I, I think that, um, I mean, this is one of the reasons I love to teach all dogs fetch that i think that you've got this notion of a dog running off so if we now change it to he's running off with his tug toy totally different he will now come running back to me and sit immediately because we're going to play tug you were doing it with his frisbee
0: the other day
1: and so now he's learned fetch because he's learned when you bring the object back it becomes more fun so you want to practice with tennis balls and tug toys and frisbees and what have you so the dog learns come back sit Give it to me. Oh, then you get a pat on the head and you get the reward and you usually get the thing back. And that's preparing you should the dog run off with, with food or, or the one that cracks me up, of course, is the Kleenex tissue. I mean, I, I don't get that one. Why people but- get so mad because the dog has <laughs> cl- you know, stolen a Kleenex. And I, I remember we have it on dog Star, they interviewing this, this English man. And I said, what's your dog's problem? And he says, he stole this is like he stole, like he's done the Brink's job or, or something like this. And I said, what did he see? I said, the Kleenex tissue. What happened? He ran under the bed, so I poked him with a stick, put my arm at him, and he bit me. And, um, but the wonderful thing about this little incident was that the man then looked at me and said, am I too old to change?
2: he said it about himself I
1: know it, it was. I nearly cried I said no, no no we start right now and this is Flickr the Bernese Mountain Dog and I show how to then reach for his collar and give him the treat how to take things away and, and all this stuff that it's it's never too late to train the dog but the best time to train the dog is in puppyhood because it's a non-problem it's a non-problem spend time with your dog when he's eating when he's chewing things hold his chew toy so he can get better purchase on it and then he will learn it's really cool that you're there and you'll get to enjoy your presence
0: so it seems like whether it's a problem or whether it's uh, preventive it's it's all about just practicing giving
1: and taking objects that you which obviously I'm not doing enough of at home Jamie yes <laughs> well come on well, <laughs> well, you, we everyone you can, can practice can, more we
2: know we can turn it around time's up
1: time. time's up we have to say goodbye now okay sorry say goodbye everybody goodbye
2: everybody goodbye everybody, goodbye. everybody. That's all for this episode of I Woofs. Thank you for listening.